podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Man there trying to stop Drogba getting himself into further trouble. It's not a bad ball for Pelé on the right side. It's Carlos Alberto. And what a great goal that was. Carlos Alberto. Maradona just walked away from Hoddleton. Saldano. Spartan. Scoreless to the podcast. My guest this week is Stefan Trump. Stefan is a German journalist who lives here in Denmark, but wrote a book all about football in the Faroe Islands. So we spoke a bit about what makes football unique in that incredible part of the world, why football is such an important part of life on the islands and such incredible scenery, and also how he found his his love for the game, uh, traveling the country and and following football there. So. It's a really interesting chat. We also spoke a bit about how difficult it was to run a run a marathon there. So I hope you enjoy our conversation. If you like the podcast, please share it on Twitter or send it to a friend or do all that social media stuff. Right. On with the show. Uh, to begin with, Stefan, can you briefly introduce yourself and also uh, what inspired you to write the book about Faroese football? Well, um, obviously, I'm German, as you can hear in my accent. Um, so I'm uh, th- now I, I turned 35 already, and I'm a German journalist who's based in Copenhagen. Um, I'm, I'm writing for the German news agency DPA. Um, it's a bit like Reuters in small and in German. And um, I'm the correspondent who is responsible for the Nordic countries, which includes like, yeah, well, of course, Denmark, Sweden, Norway, Finland and Iceland, but also Greenland and the Faroe Islands. So there was always kind of like a little link to the Faroes as well um, to, yeah, the occasionally odd story from up there that that I could write about. And um, yeah, well, this was... This is this is basically me who why I'm here in uh, in Copenhagen, but um, speaking about why someone is writing a book about football on the Faroe Islands, um, I have to say that I before I felt in love with football on the Faroes, I felt in love with a with a country first um, because it's such a unique place and um, yeah, how, how shall I start that story? Maybe um, it's I remember sitting on the couch as a teenager like to to give a little flashback or um like a little review um how this all happened um when i was like like let's say 20 years ago i was 14 15 um i was always watching every national like every german national match in the euro qualifications world cup qualification and so on and um, of course, you you always were looking forward to the matches against England, against Italy, like the like the stars that you know from um, from magazines and from yeah from the TV. 
And uh, my dad was a big football fan. And uh, one day Germany was playing uh, the Faroe Islands, uh, which was a place that I have never heard about. And um, I think that it was 2002 playing in Hanover and Germany was coming back from the World Cup, like been in the um, in the World Cup final against Brazil, like the Brazil of Ronaldo, like the real Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Roberto Carlos and so on. And then they were coming back and playing against this place that I never heard about. And um, they obviously were like having quite issues with them. So it was at the end of the day, it was, I think it, 2-1 and um, Oliver Kahn and the goal was actually quite oh, really? yeah yeah so it was yeah. actually quite quite lucky for them to um, uh, to win this like um, some striker from the ferries were, were um, putting nearly the, the goal to 2-2 and um, like I remember the commenter uh, the commentator in, in German he was just like my gosh this is like he could have been a hero and he could be like the biggest nightmare of Oli Kahn that he ever met and uh well uh Oli Khan has been a nightmare for many others as well anyway um but um so I, I was sitting on that couch next to my dad and asking him like dad who are they like what is this place and um he was like my dad knows a lot of things especially about football and he was just like looking at me son i have no idea <laughs> so i, I was, I was some like, island somewhere yeah yeah so somewhere like somewhere he couldn't even put like north south wherever um he just said like yeah well they have something to do with denmark and i thought okay that's interesting then half an half a year later they played in uh, or on the Faroe islands at torshaun in the capital of of the Faroes. and again they were it was a zero zero until the 89th minute 89th mm -hmm. is incredibly difficult for German to pronounce. Uh, sh shortly before the end, like um, it was zero zero, a lot of wind, a lot of rain, and um, a lot of grumpy faces in uh, from from the German side. And then they were like scoring late goals of Miroslav Klose and Freddy Bobic. And again, I was sitting next to my dad and wondering, like, what is this place? Like, why do the German does the German team have such a problem with them so i decided okay well one day i would like to know more about them um but then i like so to speak the book was closed for me i i forgot about them the next week you know how it goes as a teenager the next day you have something yeah. other interesting stuff so this this was my first um yeah insights or like idea of what the Faroe islands are um then um i was like studying nordic science i think it's called in english we call it scandinavistic in german um so to, to learn swedish to learn a bit to understand norwegian and danish and during my studies i also had kind of um yeah hearing ah Faroe islands Faroe islands all right and i thought yeah that was something that i i was remembering as my uh, as a boy that that was very interesting so i would like to visit that place it took another couple of more years until my actually my 30th birthday so then i went for the first time to the pharaohs okay. thinking okay i would like to see that place no not about football but just to see this place and um actually what i found and was were you a big quite, football fan at the time or was that just it wasn't really part of the travel sort of it, it was not not plan. part of the i was i was a big football fan but it was not i was not going there for to see football i was quite in, in that time period i was quite um well, football depression is a big word, but I was quite frustrated about football because I'm a Werder Bremen supporter and they had some mm -hmm. some rough years, as you might know, um, like yeah. first, like having no money left and having no good players left. And 
uh, actually, yeah, playing against relegation. Finally, they got relegated to the second league. Anyway, um, so for my 30th birthday, I actually went to the Ferris to, to see this place for myself. And I felt totally in love with them and thought like, ah, this is so nice. This is how it should, like, this is a nice travel, like completely something that I never knew about. And you see this like, well, off the beaten track thing where you don't have many tourists. And it was, yeah, it was beautiful to see that. And um, yeah, this was maybe the my first, yeah, first travels to, to the Ferris. Then the second one was to run the marathon there a year later. And I was thinking like, well, I, I should like, I, I want to know more about them. And then I was like, it, it was Corona times, I think, in 2021. So, sorry, what is the what is the fer mm. the Pharaohs Marathon like? Are you running around <laughs> up do you do up the hills and like through the? Mate, it's it's like um, it, it's not well. It's fun in in the way, but it's it's harsh. It's it was such a such a hard <laughs> the worst hard possible I, place to do a, a marathon. Just like blown yeah, well, away the whole time. <laughs> it it kind of like you're you're running. 42 kilometers just against the wind like no matter you can you can turn around and there's wind again and it's just like i i was going there that was 2019 i was going there and i was the only one who was running in a t-shirt because i always think oh well when you're running you're getting warm a bit and the people are looking at me like hmm you're running in a t-shirt you're sure so like yeah sure and it was it was so cold and rainy and i i think it, it rained like 50 times like it stopped raining to, <laughs> to blow a bit of wind then it was raining again and it um and the the mm. nicest part was actually that like there was like the good thing is like you are running along a fjord so it's it's beautiful surroundings awesome but mm. they have like when you're coming back to torshorn like where it was starting and where it was ending um they have like two like it went uphill from kilometer 37 and 39 i remember it was just going uphill for eternal times i don't know so um it's uh it was it was quite a challenge but i i still remember that they like it was not you know when you are in a big city and you run a, a big run with i don't know tens of thousands of people it's quite anonymous and that was really that you know everyone afterwards that the the moms from the from the city were like making a, a salmon soup that was the best soup humanity ever seen i think so um it was just so lovely to like everyone was sitting together afterwards and um it, it was quite a unique unique uh experience definitely yeah yeah well um sure well uh, sorry for, okay. for speaking sorry, we got, si we got yeah. sidetracked i just had to know <laughs> yeah well that's that's uh that's how it often goes with the ferris that you think like what this is happening here um but yeah we, we wanted to talk about football sorry um so yeah. why writing a book about ferries football um well actually the reason is because there was none um and that surprised me so um coming back to 2021 a lot of corona reporting for me as as correspondent blah blah um and i needed a break so my girlfriend and i we went to the to the coast of denmark just to like spend a week in a summer house which well it was in november so it was officially not a summer house but as some kind of cold place um and we we were walking along the beach and it was rainy it was windy like the waves were very high and i was seeing some like a football laying around and by chance like it sounds pathetic but by chance i thought like hmm Faroe islands and i was remembering reading an interview about uh with um you might have heard about him his name is kevin schindler 
Um, he was a German professional back like some years ago. He's about our age. And um, he, um, it turned out that he became uh, uh, an assistant coach of Hobi Torsan, of the record champion of the Pharaohs. So yeah. Bayern Munich of, of the Pharaohs, so to speak. And um, I wondered like, okay, well, he, he spoke a bit about football in the Faroe Islands. So I thought, I want to know more about that. Um, but I couldn't find any, any more information. Like, it, well, some information in Faroese, which is a language that not even Google Translate can, can translate very much. So it's, it's actually big fun if you type in some Faroese words on Google Translate and you get like a complete different meaning than it, what it means. <laughs> it's just, yeah, well, that's, that's it's like, again, nah, not, not today. Nah, no. Like, I remember booking a bus ticket and uh, typing in like, ah, what, what does that mean here now? And actually Google Translate was translating to me, don't book this journey. And I thought like, well, <laughs> on the official booking page of the bus company, that's odd. So um, <laughs> any, anyway, so it's, it's quite difficult to get information from the Ferris when it's not written in, in English or uh, in any language that I might understand. So I thought, why is there nothing about football on the Faroe Islands and yeah this is this is how it started that I thought okay well if no one has written this let's start to or I, I start doing research and yeah it turned out to be like a crazy interesting story that um, mm -hmm. of a small nation where football is still kind of real um, I, I would call it and where football is really like what I um, yeah I was growing up with like the football of the 90s like really hard work um yeah like a big team spirit a big identity like identification with a with a club and yeah this is what i found there actually okay and so did you go travel to pharaohs then and go to see the different grounds and the different places indeed so i i found a, a german publishing company who said like yeah well awesome idea we we go with this this won't be uh, the bestseller of i don't know the new york times bestseller list or spiegel bestseller list as we we have it in germany um but they said we believe in this project you can you can go um have fun and yeah left me completely open what i what i'm coming up with and um so i yeah i traveled three times to the ferris like around this time of the year so in spring for the beginning of the season then coming back in june for a second time for like to see some national matches and to, to meet people a second time and then finally a third time in late summer where actually the ferris were playing in the world cup qualify uh, qualification match against denmark which is kind of like the big brother you 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 yeah. might know that that's like the Faroe Islands and Greenland are part of the kingdom of Denmark but they are kind of not part of the country of Denmark so it's it's an odd constellation so the ferries are a bit like the small brother for for Denmark um the small very competitive brother um who wants to show that they are good and so it was super interesting to see how they were competing against Denmark of um Kaspar Schmeichel and um people like this Hmm. Can you explain to me a bit about what is like the Faroese football culture like? Because I think, you know, in Germany or Denmark, we have this kind of um, the football culture is very kind of, you know, beers at the stadium, you get your sausage and it's kind of like, what is the kind of football experience for going to matches in the Faroes like? Well, obviously, it's quite low key compared to like it's I mean, they have a population of 54,000 people at the moment. So this is like, this is not, if I go to my, to my local, um, 
football team, Werder Bremen at home, they their stadium is like, I think if it's full, it's about 42,000, 43,000 people. So nearly the whole population of the Faroe Islands could be in this stadium. So it's like a complete different yeah, different size of uh, society and also about a, f a football society. So um, if you go to a match there, it's it's um, less people, of course. Um, and it's it's also very more like, um, yeah, local. It's a bit like going to a, a football match in a, in a lower tier club in, in, let's say, Germany. Let's say fourth or fifth league. Um, good football, though. But um, like it's... You, you can bring your own beer. You, of course, you pay a little entrance fee to the stadium. But um, apart from that, you get a, a bit of cake, a bit of coffee, um, which, um, yeah, it's it's just served of basically of yeah of the families or of like the families of the players or of um, at the bigger clubs. Of course, they have some kind of like uh, sellers there, but it's very very small. Um, but then there are these national games and this is this is kind of yeah uh, how can i best say that without being too much into super superlatives as we call it in german i don't know if that's an english word uh, superlatives yeah it is yeah okay so um it's just awesome it's like just just picture this you have like you have 50 something thousand people and 5000 people of them are registered football players so Kind of every like one in ten people on the Faroe Islands are playing foot uh, are playing football basically. So you come to this national games and you have a stadium where five thousand people can be in, and it's you think ah oh, well it's a small place, but they are the the loudest stadium I've ever seen. So it's it's just in crazy like they they started to have this national team fan club called Skansen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think they they founded themselves 2014-15, and they are just giving like 200% every match. Like they are singing 90 minutes without any break. Um, you you see them painted fully in uh, in red, blue, and white, like the national um, the national colors of the Faroe Islands. And well, they they give everything for because then it's not just for it's not not just a game. It's really like shouting for your for your country it's like if i think if you are so small it's a lot about identity as well that you know okay well yeah. they are they are like these 11 players on the pitch and and our coach they are fighting for us they give everything to to show the world that we are we are there that we are we are part of this world like especially for a country like the pharaohs which like you said like not that many people know anything about right like exactly. on the global stage you don't know what pharaoh culture is like what a pharaohese person looks like football and is one of the few ways where they kind of are able to say when they play germany or something this reach this broader, broader audience indeed indeed um if you like if if if, if a, a guy or a woman from the pharaohs are traveling abroad let's say to copenhagen or somewhere else and they see let's say a jumper that was produced on the ferris or a mug that has like the flag on it or whatever something abroad they are just heaps proud like saying ah, this is fair east this is the best jumper this is the best mug ever produced and they are so proud and i mean for as a journalist i often like if something is happening on the Faroe islands which is interesting internationally you have like two different topics sometimes like one topic 
is like they're killing whales or they are killing dolphins. Like what is? Yeah. I think that was September or like late summer. It's in September. The yeah. The... Yeah, where where you had like incredibly like too many dolphins killed, um, and I think it was BBC was reporting about it. Guardian. Um, so yeah. it, that is that is a topic that is very sensitive, of course. So and like many people think, okay, well these little islanders they are killing whales. We like that's so bad um like a very negative image because of that but then you have football like which is something where they are always like showing that like everyone loves an underdog like you you cannot go to a stadium where bayern münchen is playing like a, a team from the 10th league in germany let's say to say yeah we would we would like bayern to crush them <laughs> crush them yeah crush <laughs> send them. the farmers back yeah, yeah. <laughs> indeed <laughs> Well, you have you have these these odd Bayern fans possibly, but like even <laughs> even friends of mine who are Bayern fans, which is sometimes not easy as a Werder supporter, but even they then think, ah, well, we like let make them like if they score a goal, we are happy for them, all good. So everyone loves an underdog. So in some way, if you see football and the Faroe Islands are playing, everyone has kind of like sympathy for them, because also because they are not like like coming there as if they are someone they are they are just proud to be themselves a bit vulnerable and frightened that they might lose too much and then they are giving everything they can and i think this is what every true football fan is appreciating it to see a team that is like giving what they can and this surprisingly to me it is like so good football that like they can play with this like yeah Relative, relatively small amount of of people where you like if you just have 54,000 people you don't you like as a journalist I was speaking with there he said like well in, in England you can if you are number nine if your main striker Jim is like injured you can just bring in John or James or whoever you have on the bench like on the Faroe Islands you don't have many Johns and James any much so you really have to like like the small amount that you have, they have to play. So, um, yeah, it's it's quite impressive what they achieve with a little amount of people, actually. Were you able to discover kind of how football became so big in the Faroese or like why, how, like why it's kind of so tight, like you said, to identity? Um, like it, it became big, I think, because a bit it's linked to this um, situation that you are kind of a country but you are also part yeah. of a kingdom so you are you are a country but on the other hand you are not you're not you're not <laughs> so um to give an example at the olympics um you have uh, the the faroe islands are not allowed to compete under their own flag so you had Johan hansen which is a like an outstanding handball player he was um in the olympic final um last one was it tokyo 2021 has yeah. has Denmark won it or I think yeah um, probably I think so yeah. I think so so, so you <laughs> are not a humble expert but uh so so osmosis living <laughs> <laughs> well I I think like I I know that they are like three times World Cup champion, they've won but... the World Championship three times I think they yeah. definitely won the gold yeah yeah so um so Johan Hansen was winning that medal not for the fair well for himself as a Faroe East person but he was winning that for Denmark, and um, so if you are from the Faroe Islands, you are competing for for Denmark. So it's it's difficult. Yeah. So um, the Faroes always try to like be themselves um, in in sports, and 
when we're going back to the mid 80s 1980s then um the ferries were decided okay we want to become an own football country like we want to compete under uefa matches under our own flag so uefa fifa they were allowing that they had a test match i think against iceland um back in the days and then their first match was actually to play austria in 1990 so austria was coming from the world cup in, in italy and they had big stars um, like andreas herzog tony polster um coming to this like i mean they, they were not even playing on the Faroe islands they were playing in sweden because there were no pitches on the Faroe islands who were um allowed to where you can like compete on an official match for uefa so they had to play in, in landskrona in in southern sweden and um there they was like the furries players i i spoke with with one of them and he said we were so frightened we were like that they crush us 13 13 zero or something and at the end of the day um legend goes um they were winning 1-0 against austria who was coming back from the world cup and actually was a decent team and yeah. it was it was just such a like um it, it's such a legend for them i in, in the book i call it the legend of lance krona um just because i love alliterations apparently but um <laughs> because it's actually the legend of football for the fairies and um yeah it's it's kind of like such a myth there like how they scored this and the goalkeeper jens martin knutsen he was wearing a bobble hat um in the goal so he, he, he and he said to me well if we lose 13-0 against them and i'm wearing a bubble hat i'm the biggest clown in europe so they were just so fri so afraid to lose big time that they were like fighting as much as they could and this was kind of founding this football myth mythos that they have and yeah this is what actually built all this up to where we're standing now just a very off topic. There was no mention of the period that uh, Irishman Brian Kerr had in charge of the Faroe Islands. That didn't come up in any of your discussions, or no, no, no. <laughs> uh, I don't like... think he was particularly successful. That's what I was. I was just when thinking. like he wasn't there that long, was he? No, I think it was yeah early two thousands, like two thousand two thousand four or something. Two thousand four. Okay, yeah. Well, so they actually. If they mention a coach, um, you might remember Alan Simonsen, like a Danish yeah. football legend. Yeah. I think he played in the Bundesliga as well for, was it Mönchengladbach actually? Um, I, I'm a, not sure. A, a great, great footballer. Um, and he was coaching them and he was putting them on the next level. Like um, he's off the mention. And of course, Håkon Eriksson, who is now like, he's a Swedish coach who won the Euro, uh, Euro U21 with Sweden. And then he went over to the Faroe Islands to build them up. And um yeah, he's he's just like building them up, and yeah, he's doing a good job. But no Irish coaches, so sorry. Okay, <laughs> no, no, no problem. <laughs> have you have you become a a fan of a Faroese football club? Did you was there one that sort of uh, grabbed at the heartstrings, shall we say, or did you just have you tried to stay neutral? Uh, I I tried to stay neutral, but of course you like you see the matches, you see the pitches, and um, it's. Of course, there's a big sympathy for for certain clubs, but as it goes, like even in a like, fair enough, everyone from the Faroe Islands is an underdog when you speak internationally. But even in this underdog league, I was for the underdog. So um, there's like the the oldest club of the um, of the Faroe Islands. It's called TV Twaori. Um It's like in a very remote 
island in the very remote Faroe Islands. So it's kind of the end of the world. And they have a little football club there called Tebe. And um, mm -hmm. they have limited amount of money and um, still were like fighting to stay in the league. Not managing that that year when I was there, but they now got promoted again last year. Um, but now they lost the first match of the new season, 7-1 uh, <laughs> again. So I was, but I was still like thinking, ah, nice people. And also like one club that was super nice to visit was actually the club in Aya, like where also the, um, the cover pictures from, um, yeah. like, I mean, they have a new stadium, so they're not playing in this old, um, pitch on the, on the open ocean. Um, but it's called EB Streimur. So it's kind of like two clubs that, um, became one merchant to one and um they were just like incredibly beautiful like friendly people that are just yeah without without words like it's that was kind of like i like these teams but also like it's really hard to tell i could like i mean they have 10 teams in the first league and you like somehow i feel sympathy for all of them like hobe even though they're the record champion they are kind of like having such a nice surroundings there um uh, Vichingur Goethe, um, they are like, even if like everyone is football crazy on the Faroe Islands, they are the craziest, like, I think every third person in, in this little place, it's called Nor, Nora Goethe, um, every third person there is linked to football and, um, it's just like a beautiful stadium at the open fjord, um, the same mm -hmm. goes for Fugla Fjordo, they are also on an open fjord and you, it's kind of shaped into the mountainside and you see this huge fjord while you're watching football so it's actually it's um yeah it's sometimes i felt more in love with the stadiums or the the pitches sometimes i felt in love with like the actual club um but um yeah it's yeah it's it's difficult to put it down to one club maybe yeah are most of the clubs in this sort of top league are they centered around Torhaun, the capital or are they, are they kind of disparate around the the islands in terms of the league they're, they're actually quite, um, yes, distant kind of, I mean, um, in some way, everything is a derby because every, like the Faroe Islands are not that big. So like maybe like the furthest you can go is about an hour when, well, maybe a bit longer when you have to go to Tebe, who is on this like remote island called Sudoroy, um, there you have to take the ferry or the helicopter um helicopter is a bit tricky when you have a full football team but uh, so everyone has to take the ferry to go there if it's not too stormy <laughs> um but yeah so like torshaun the capital has two of the best teams like hobe and b so b36 30, 36 yeah yeah so they are like um yeah they they have this odd um common stadium so next to the national stadium i've seen it where they each have each have one stand it's right? lovely yeah exactly so they have like there's like one stand for hobby and one stand for bsx or travel and um so, yeah like kevin schindler he, he was an assistant coach at hobby and he was mentioning to me like well sometimes we like we just look over to them and have a look what they are training as tactics and they do the same with us, so it's it's very odd. Like they, but, they but when Hobie Hobie are at home, is the B thirty six section of the stadium just left empty, or do they, or, or do Hobie fans do they allow themselves to sit on the seats of the B thirty six? That is a good question. I have like 
finally you found something that isn't it's not written in this book so i, I have to write an update because, <laughs> second edition yeah <laughs> um so but good like i was curious yeah that's, that's a fair point i mean like the stadium is like you have to imagine that on one side you have these like two stands and then on the other side you have a very big stand that is kind of neutral so white seats yeah um and i remember like when there was a u21 national tea uh, match against france and uh, france was playing with camavinga from real madrid and it was pouring rain it was like um I've, I think I've never seen so much rain in like 90 minutes. So it was when not it's raining it, sideways. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and you like, there's like this guy who's the, um, the, um, the, uh, the keeper of Leeds United in, in England. Um, or he was at, at least back in the days. I th what is his name again? I forgot it. He, he was the France keeper and I, I could see him just getting the, the rain in his face all the time. And then, like because of a, a meslier yes exactly yeah here we go so um is it meslier yeah yeah um so he was he was getting a goal from uh, like like standing in the rain for 90 minutes and then this this like this 18 19 year old fairy striker was scoring a goal against him from 40 meters because like <laughs> there was a mistake in, in the defense of, of france and the ball was rolling because of the rain the like the whole pitch was soaked in, in water and like the ball was running like so 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 slow to the goal and you could see him running behind it not getting it and then the pharaoh u21 was actually having a 1-1 draw at the end of the day and it was yeah. like it was like a national holiday for them and like all the all the fans therefore I'm, I'm coming to that story now like all the fans were trying to get over to this white neutral um stand because the wind was coming from one direction like pushing the rain into this like hobe and and basic stand so that you always had that in your face and it was just like freaking cold windy rainy so like you know what, what you love as a football fan when you're on the stand so everyone was trying to make their way over to the more or less windproofed uh, not that rainy other side of the stadium and it was yeah one of one of these matches where you think is this now happening and like by, by <laughs> chance you as a german are experiencing that and that's like um yeah all these all these things were very nice experiences and impressions to to write this book yeah of course yeah what a what a unique match to be at i i'm hoping to maybe go to the pharaohs uh this year is there oh, nice. what is the sort of what would be like the recommended um game or pitch or what what would if someone told you i'm a football fan and i want to go to, and i'm going to the pharaohs what would you recommend i go to well i hope that i won't get any calls from any ferries football fans saying you have to mention this pitch um but like the one that i like i personally liked most as a pitch was really the one of oef which is the local club of fukla fjordo um because they like it's a small town I, I don't know how many how few people are living there but um it's really like you go up a, a little mountain side um to see this pitch like have i don't know a couple of hundred of uh of seats there and you see like a crazy crazy um yeah surroundings i, I think it's like also the the opening uh picture of this of this book of course you cannot see that in a podcast but here you can see it it's like this get it on the youtube yeah there we go. <laughs> <laughs> well 
luckily. So it's it's kind of um, yeah, it's it's insane. It's I was so silly to take my mountain bike over there once to cycle there because I thought, oh yeah, it's it's quite flat there. Nope, it was not. Um, but it's a lovely lovely pitch to be there and and also like of course um koe Klogsvik, which is like the furthest you can actually or like one of the furthest places you can go from torshaun but they are obviously the the best club like breaking records last season now yeah like being on the same path again um and a very nice club as well and they have a very the nice Faroese game. real madrid but. Yeah, at least, at least. <laughs> well, you can call Real Madrid the Spanish Koei Classic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they are, um, they uh, they have a very beautiful stadium as well, and they upgraded it so that they can actually play internationally there as well. Because I think until a couple of years ago, they had to play in Torshound at their kind of biggest rival to play internationally. Um, yeah. Because their pitch was not certific- uh, certified for for international. Uh, matches and now they're i don't know they like they used to play like the champion of the Faroe islands used to play kind of like a pre-qualification round for the qualification rounds of the champions league so um i think it's always at uh, in early summer that they play some teams from oh they're in the one with andorra and yes exactly okay yeah i think the the team who's winning against the other three teams is then proceeding to the next Round and I think yeah. otherwise you you come to the qualification for Conference League or Europe League. I think Conference League. Um, yeah. So I think this is this is pretty cool to see. So Klogsvik and Fuka Fjordur. I mean the Torshorn, like the national stadium, is awesome. Like especially when you have a national match going on there. Like I mean they last year they had the the Nations League. This year I think it's again the qualification for the next Euro. Um, unfortunately, With the have, national team. Yeah, Were the, the national team matches your best experience of football there? Yeah. But, yeah. Like, see, like, I mean, I saw four matches, like, first a, a training match against Iceland, which was very interesting for me because I, you, you know, the story about Iceland, who is actually going to the, like, who made it to the Euro, who made it to the World Cup, drawing yeah. against Messi, like, awesome, like, boxing above the weight. And um, I thought, like, hmm, if Iceland, who, which has, like, 360,000 people can manage to go there. How about the Faroe Islands? Could they manage that too? So I wanted to see how they like like compare them a bit. Uh, yeah. The second match I saw was actually the record match of the Faroe Islands. They they bet Liechtenstein 5-1, which is the biggest win of them ever, like like plus four goals. And yeah. then I came back for um yeah for the World Cup qualifier against Denmark, and then they won against was it Moldova? I think yeah. Um, I had a, a nice evening out afterwards with with the Ferries fans, so I cannot remember much about the Moldova match. Um, but uh, <laughs> but the the Denmark match that was like it was again a bit like the what I mentioned earlier, like this is a very long time zero zero. Um, yeah. And um, I think in the eighty fifth minute or something, um, Jonas Wind was scoring a header, so that finally Denmark won one zero. But I remember like around the seventh, seventeenth minute, the spokesman of the association, like the football association um of, of the Ferris, again, such a big difficult word for Germans. Um association. Um he, he was standing next to me and you like he was literally so nervous. Like you could yeah. see you could see him shaking, and it was not because of the wind or the rain, it was really literally being like 
nervous like hell. And uh, unfortunately, that Wind uh, scored the, the header at the end, but um, it was just so nice to see them, how close they are actually of, of yeah, one of the leading teams in Europe, basically. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. I have just a couple more questions, Stefan. Um, I wanted to know, is there a person or an interview that you did where you thought that, okay, this is the most interesting, maybe it could be like a random conversation or something. Was, what was the most interesting person related to Faroese football that you spoke to? Um, spoiler, there were many, of course. Um, <laughs> so um, I was speaking with the national uh, coaches like Håkon Eriksson and Lene Terp, who's um, coaching the women's side. But um, I think the most interesting one, like the a person that know more about football than anyone else was a journalist um, called, or a football reporter called Trondo Arge. Um, he's coming from kind of like a football reporter dynasty on the Ferris, like both his, um, his dad and his uncle, and also I think his grandfather were sport journalists. And of course he was doing the same. So he was, reporting for for the radio and he was like basically on on every pitch to like um to comment on on yeah on, on every every game possible it seemed and uh he still managed to have a family and a social life too so <laughs> impressive and um just such a nice bloke incredible like um he um he was just yeah telling so many interesting stories being so helpful and um yeah, that was that was very outstanding. But of course, there were like many people who like had all their interesting um, story about football. Like, let's say um, Kevin Schindler, as I mentioned, and Michael Winter, who is, was another German coach who was coaching there. Um, but also, I like the one that was most difficult to um, to find actually was the most important player or like the best player they have at the moment. His name is uh, Juan Simon Edmondson. Um, and back then he played for Bielefeld in the German Bundesliga. So I thought, well, if yeah. you write a book in German about Ferris football, you need Juan Simon in this. Um, and he, he was he was kind of tricky to, to get. Um, okay. Um, because he was like, signs were standing to farewell from Bielefeld, even though he enjoyed the time there. But he was moving to Belgium, but um, as luck goes, um, my my girlfriend is Belgian, so I was like spending a week with her family over there, and I got kind of hold to Juan Simon, and we met actually in Belgium to speak about football in the Faroe Islands, and um, yeah, that was super interesting to speak with him about his experiences from Germany, but also how he explained to me how impossible for him as a boy it has been to become a professional football player. Like most of the yeah. people on the Ferris are not earning much money with football. Like most of them were no. amateurs. Now, of course, they get a bit of money. It's getting more professional there as well. But for him as a boy, it was just impossible to, to see this path as a professional football player. And he kind of opened so many doors for, for young players to that they see, ah, this is possible. Like we can, we can go to, we can go abroad if we dare. And, um, yeah, we, we can actually become football players or kind of like earn our money with football. So, yeah, um, these were just some of them. Like, I mean, meeting the fans was outstanding. Meeting uh, different players was was crazy. Jens Martin Knudsen, that uh, former goalie with a, with a bobblehead. Or I also, like I sat on the, 
the coach of uh, Frau Benjaminsen, um, who uh, is the record national player and the record league player of the Ferris. And it was just so easy to get in touch with them. Like it was like, yeah, just come by. Um, let's have a coffee. <laughs> let's talk football. And it was just like, yeah. if you compare that, like just imagine you would, you would be, let's say a Frenchman and you call Mbappé and say like, ah, Kylian, um, I would like to do an interview. And I don't think that would happen or, well, okay. Frau Benjamin is a nice guy, but I think Mbappé is even a better football player. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but like these people are so down to earth and really like close to, to the people. Like, you know, like they are like, no one is riding a, an expensive sports car there or like bragging with anything, because if you're bragging, the whole country immediately knows, ah, this is a bragger. We don't like him. Yeah. So they are like, everyone is really, um, yeah. Uh, were people very surprised when you told them that you were writing a book about Faroese football in German or? Definitely. Like, <laughs> it was like, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> but then, then they understood and thought like, okay, well, that's cool. But like, I, of course I could always sense that they are kind, kind of um, careful as well. Like thinking, okay, well, why is someone from such a big country? Like, com like, I mean, I don't consider Germany big because like, there are bigger countries in the world. But if you are from a small place like this, you think, wow, this is a big country. Why is someone writing from there? So they like are a bit like, yeah. Um, wary of. Wary and, and careful. And then they, when they open up, it's just, um, yeah, like I think some of the most friendly people I, I met in my life so far. Yeah, definitely. Okay, great, Stefan. So the book is in German. Is there any uh, chance of an English translation or what is the... Well, I, I count on you as my as my lobbyist, kind of like the guy who's like calling every publishing company in England or in, in Ireland, in yeah. your case, saying we need this book. Um, okay. No, but to fair enough, it's um, I think there's no chance to get it translated. I mean, it has a very German angle, like with as I mentioned, okay. Simon in the Bundesliga with the German coaches. Uh, the German matches from back in the days where like, kind of like I tried to start the whole conversation about football, but I think it would be also an interesting read in English. Yeah. Um, we just need to find mm -hmm. a publisher for that. <laughs> what, what, what is the, what is the title in English? I, I wanted to do a Google translate job earlier, but you know, sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's kind of a pun. So it's, <laughs> it's called Elivo Freunde Design, which is like, we, we, like we have a saying in Germany, which means elf Freunde must design, which means you have to be 11 friends. Um, There's a famous magazine, right? Elf the exactly, like elf, elf yeah. Freunde, which is our leading, like our 442 in, in Germany. And um, it's kind of, um, yeah, elf Freunde must design is kind of like a saying for you have to be a team. Like you, like yeah. you 11 have to be friends, you have to be unity. And Elivu means, um, 11 in Ferry East. So it's okay. quite of like, we, we changed that little bit. Um, I first, I thought about like something with like, oh, well, yeah, we, with another uh, title, but I think this is, um, yeah, this is what it means. And I think it's especially fitting to the Ferry Islands because there I could really sense this, like that you have this sense of unity and, team, and community team spirit. And, um, Obviously, like if you if you just have eleven boys in in a small town and one is getting injured or one one is deciding, well, I do another sports, I do handball or swimming, or rowing or whatever, then you cannot play football any longer because you're missing that one person. So um, you really have to stick together, otherwise you um, you you cannot build a team, basically, right? 
Well, if any of our listeners speak a bit of German, I uh, highly recommend that they they check out the book. Yeah, I, I appreciate you... that. Yeah, well, le learn a bit of German. Um, it's I, I try to write it as easy as as an easy read as possible, so it's not a scientific book. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> of course, Seven. Are you working on anything else uh, football related in the future, or is this a kind of a, taking a time out from it for now? Well, I'm to be honest. Because of this book, I I became like, uh, like I, I felt in love with second time, kind of like I, I mentioned it earlier. That it was a bit like ah, football sucks. Like everything is just about money. And now I thought like, well, football is so nice. So now I actually use my time to see more football matches again. And uh, yeah, well, fair enough. That's that's so. I'm not working on any football related book or anything, but spend my time more on like chillaxing a bit on football pitches basically yeah okay great if and you if people like, want to follow your your twitter or anything what's uh where can they find you well i'm i'm quite a quite a boring german guy so on twitter and uh, facebook and so on you just find me on my, my name steffen trumpf and um since um like on instagram you find me as real steffen trumpf as well um um, there's no correlation or relationship to that Donald guy in Washington. I just have to add that one. <laughs> uh, so please mind the F at the end of my, my last name. <laughs> do you have, do you have issues when people say your, uh, especially in Denmark, say your, say your second name or do they know that? The, well, it's at the beginning, it was quite funny. Um, like, I mean, like Trumpf in German means the Trump card. So it's kind of like having a nice connotation. It, like we even have a, a chocolate brand that is called Trumpf. So it, it was always that I thought, nice name, not too bad. And then that, that guy <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> yeah. And then that guy came around and like, <laughs> ah, difficult. So I, I had a very sincere talk with my mom. Said, mom, we have to talk. Is there any relationship to the ancestors of that guy? And she said like, yeah son no we don't have any ancestors down there so don't worry you can still be proud and uh, <laughs> and so, we don't want to look fair, fair enough no no joke this week i was at uh um related to my to my journalistic work at a at a meeting with um with a company and so on and had to cover that story and i had a, a name tag in front of me and it was really stephen trump in front of me so no joke that uh um I thought like, okay, well, this is kind of funny, but sorry, now I have to write very mean things about you, <laughs> which of course I haven't done, but uh, it's, it's really like, it's, it's coming back. It's coming back. Um, okay. I hope he's not coming back, but uh, well. No, no. <laughs> Let's hope not too. All right, Stefan, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast and doing this. It's been, uh, it's been really good. Really Thanks for having me. Cheers. Podcast Network.